This is the Fantasy Road Show. Welcome in, all you roadies, to another episode of the Road Show with Mike and Ryan. We are your hosts. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Trucker. You can find him on Twitter at Calls underscore Sports. Mike, how you doing today? What's going on? With, what's going on in the, the Kolzicki life? We are alive. Oh, live, 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 live. Um, not much. Um, what did I have to say? Oh, is much. Last night watched Whiplash. Oh, um, great movie! It was an outstanding movie. Um, I was thinking about complimenting Ryan and how outstanding of a job that he's done with the launching of this podcast. But then I watched Whiplash and it completely changed my view on if you're demanding success and growth and continuing to strive for better, then you have to really watch out how much you compliment someone because then they get, you know, they they get content and (laughs) we're going to be striving for greatness here on this podcast. So I'm going to hold, hold off complimenting Ryan um, until the time is right. Well, I'll, I'll take that in itself as a compliment. So thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, however, <laughs> Ryan said that Miles Teller learned the drums for that movie, and I was like, "No, Ryan. If if Miles Teller was actually playing the drums, he would be the greatest talent of all time. You can't act that well and then just." decide to play the drums that well but we looked it up and he in fact did authentically learn how to play the drums for that movie however there was use of stunt doubles in certain scenes so it wasn't him the whole time but he was authentic he did authentically learn how to play the drums for that movie which just as fascinating yeah absolutely so yeah all right mike what are we talking yeah what are we talking about today yeah we're going to be talking afc north Divisional breakdown. It'll be our first divisional breakdown episode. This is a conference that I or division that I'm extremely excited about. Maybe one of the more exciting ones uh, in general. And I didn't wear this on purpose, but we will be talking about the first place Bayou Bengals, baby. Yes, we will. Yeah, the uh, Joe Burrow Bengals. That's right. Um, but yeah. We'll be getting into uh, AFC North and uh, buckle up. All right. So um, I think we're going to start off by ranking who we think is going to finish where in the division. And then, yeah, the standings. uh, And then we'll we'll go into uh, how many wins, uh, the final uh, win total that we think they're going to have. So, Mike, why don't you kick us off? Um, who yep. do you have winning the division and where do you have everybody else placed? Yeah. So I think that's a good structure to work through these divisional breakdowns. We'll start off giving our standings and then working, breaking down from first place team through last, uh, the fantasy outlook we have for each team. But, um, I have the Bengals at 12 and five, the Ravens at 11 and six, the Browns at 10 and seven and the Steelers at six and 11. So kind of, um, like I mentioned too in the intro, um, I have those top three teams separated by just uh, a game each. And quite honestly, like I think the Bengals are going to win the division, but the Ravens 
and the Browns could just as well win the division. So we got a tight, tight one here um, all season. I'm going to be looking forward to watching those Bengals, Ravens, Browns matchups. Uh, so yeah, that's what I got. What do you got? Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Bengals, Ravens, Browns, Steelers in that order. Uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The Bengals, Ravens, and Browns, uh, it's very likely that we might possibly see all three of them in the playoffs this year. And I think that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, but there's a lot of AFC divisions where I'm going to be mentioning that, you know, like the AFC East and, and whatnot. I don't want to give too many teasers, but um, yeah, I mean, these three teams are going to be duking it out all season and I can't wait to watch it. Uh, but you're right. The Bengals, they should win the division yet again. Um, they, yeah. they're just, they seem like the best team. Um, but there's a lot of things that can happen in the NFL season, as everybody knows. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I uh, so I agree. It's tough to not take the Bengals as the divisional winner with like this current team and how they've been performing the last couple of years. Um, I do think the Ravens got better in which they needed to and just kind of solidified that offense from last year. Zay Flowers is going to be awesome. I'm excited to see the Lamar. The Lamar Dobbins, Flowers, Andrews dynamic for me is is a really strong offensive core. Um, and then the Browns is another team that I think is going to take a huge step forward this year. I think uh, Deshaun Watson got to knock off some of that some of that rust, uh, in-game rust late last season. And you have Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb, uh, who is expected to have a career year. So um, going to be super exciting. Uh, you know, I think Pickett also takes a step forward and solidifies his role as a franchise quarterback for the Steelers. Pickens, him and that, those two together take a big step. So, you know, the Steelers aren't too far off from being uh, kind of right in this competitive uh, bucket where they're all, you know, shooting for the playoff spot. So, yeah. Exciting. Oh, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's um, if the Steelers end up do making – uh, the steps that they need to offensively, um, we yeah. could easily see them being in contention with this division. But as where it stands right now, I, I feel like they're pretty firmly cemented on the bottom. Um, do you have any um, any gambling odds for this division that you wanted to mention right off the bat before we really dive into uh, each team as a whole? I know you, you have a couple yeah. uh, a couple up your sleeve. Well, well, yeah, I just like went to look at the team win totals. Um, as I was working through my records uh, and the odds are over under win totals, Bengals and Ravens were each at 10 and a half Browns are at nine and a half and Steelers were at eight and a half. So that Vegas line shows that um, the Steelers are a lot closer to being, you know, competing in that division. Um, so, you know, it just shows you how tight, how tight that division actually is, and um, again, just kind of backs up everything we thought there. I do, though, think that the Steelers are, you know, I have met six and eleven this year. I think it's going to be. I'm probably not giving them enough credit, to be honest. I'll have to revisit that, but like, it's just so hard to take them over the Browns, Ravens, Steelers, or Bengals in in some of those games. Um, but that being said, I don't think it's going to be as bad as last year. Um, so I might have to revisit that, but all of that is to say that you can, I think there's, I think they're definitely, I'm more confident in the Steelers becoming, coming in last place than I am the Bengals being in first place. 
So if I was to look at any of the odds, I would look at plus 175 Steelers to get fourth place in their division. Um, you can like do an exact result on where you think they'll finish. And I think I'm more confident in Steelers getting last than I am Bengals getting in first. So that would be the one thing that I would look to. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I mean, uh, I and I completely agree with you. I feel like it's that's kind of a for sure thing rather than the Bengals winning the division. So, um, yeah, I, I like those odds. Yeah, the only way I see the Steelers not getting last is if you see like a Burrow, Lamar, or Watson injury. You know, something that that's that that big of an impact where that gap closes between the Steelers and that third place team. So yeah, what do you think? Yeah, that's it's hard to predict injury, but that's definitely a possibility. And when you're making these future bets, a lot of it uh, hinders on those injuries. You know, it's the reason why the Vegas lines are a lot lower than people think on certain prop bets for for players. Because it's like, you know, nine, or mo- the majority of the time, there's injuries in the NFL. It's a very rough contact sport. So you just you have to uh, be prepared for that outcome uh, in any future bet that you make. Yeah, you definitely hear the sharps talking like we prefer focusing on unders because of injury risk. Um, so yeah, totally agree there. Yeah, but let's talk Bengals. Let's get into the Bengals. First place team. We both have them there. I'll give you a quick breakdown and let you get into get into it after, but. We kind of know what we have with this Bengals offense right now. Um, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, arguably the best duo in the league. T. Higgins, he's there long term. Joe Mixon restructured his deal. We know what we're going to get with the Bengals offense. It's going to be one of the best in the league. Burrow's going to ball out. Chase is going to ball out. Um, I expect I have Jamar Chase as my wide receiver one this year. Um, Burrow's, you know, top five quarterback. Um, T Higgins is right there in the top. I don't know. Let me guess top 20, but, um, anyways, we know what we're getting with the Bengals. Chase Brown should be in the mix a little bit, um, kind of change of pace from Joe Mixon, but yeah, that's what I got. Charlie Jones is an interesting slot, um, rookie slot that, you know, Boyd's got to leave the team, but as of right now, we know what we're getting in that offense. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you think Charlie Jones really, uh, you know, sees some playing time this year with Tyler Boyd still active? Maybe. I mean, depending on how much he progresses, I think he is like a legitimate weapon for them in the future, in the near future. So, yeah, if it's comes in like like if, if it comes into his career development, I think the Bengals are going to take it seriously and maybe give him some reps. But, yeah. you know, Boyd's the number three. Bengals are going for a Super Bowl. They're not going to do anything that risks that, but they also don't want to hinder his development as a player. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, no, you're pretty spot on. I mean, I it's it's hard to have a differing opinion about the Bengals when they, they've been in the AFC Championship game like two years in a row. So, um, yeah, they went 12-4 and four last year, and we kind of have them kind of around that same track record. Um, Joe Mixon did restructure his contract, so he took less money to stay with the team. Um, they still significantly need significantly less. Yeah, significantly less money to stay with the team, which is always good to see. So, uh, you know, Mixon is being drafted right now as the RB17, according to Sleeper. It's, and- it's, it, it's good to see, but it's also not good to see if you're one of these 
Barkley, Jacobs, Pollards that are trying to get paid. And then you see a guy take over half of his salary to stay with the team later in his what? He's 28. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a good to see for the Bengals, but for the running back market, man, that is so tough. You know, yeah, he's, uh, he's, guys he's 26 for their lives. just to 26. be clear, 26. Yeah. Like, all right. Like, are you kidding me? You're going to take a half of a, a 50% haircut on your contract. Um, when these guys are all trying to get paid, that's a tough look. Yeah, that's it's it's very discouraging. Um, definitely not a step in the right direction for running backs, but um, you know we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I think Mixon's smart for doing it though because they would have cut him if he didn't. They would have moved on from him. He and I think he knew that that his you know if he didn't take that deal, his, his days were numbered. But um, you know, I totally it, agree. When it, when you're drafting Joe Mixon, he's being drafted right around RB seventeen. I think that's a good value. Um, he's going to be utilized a lot. Uh, he's kind of one of those last kind of workhorse running backs. But you know, the Bengals they ran the ball the fourth fewest times last season. They just don't run the ball much, and they threw the ball the seventh most. So you're looking at a pass first offense. So when you're drafting Joe Mixon, uh, you just have to be aware of that and. Uh, expect um, not his greatest statistical season, but uh, Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd are, in my opinion, one of the best wide receiver trios in the NFL. You know, it's uh, the reason why Irv Smith to me isn't really worth rostering uh, or worth drafting in, in your average shallow 12 team league. The Burrow just doesn't look to throw to the tight end. Like we've seen that. I don't think over the last three years, a tight end has barely had over 50 receptions. So um yeah, I just I think we're going to get pretty much what everyone expects with the Bengals. They're going to win the division. They're going to throw the ball a lot, and Jamar Chase should be the best wide receiver in the league. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm looking at these. I'm looking at uh, – so I have Jamar Chase as my wide receiver one, and then I'm looking at these – you know, the, these Vegas totals, as you were talking about earlier, yeah. um, nothing really screams. I, I think the bagels and because we're so we're so we have like, we know what their offense is. So I think these lines are a lot sharper because you've seen them now for multiple seasons with those same pieces. It's more sharp to me. It's sharper than if you have, you know, Eli Moore coming to a Browns team and you think he's going to be heavily involved because there's not as much data out there with that team on the field together, that offense, you may have more opportunity somewhere there than you will on a team like the Bengals. But that being said, because I have Jamar Chase as my wide receiver one, I look at his total of 1275 and a half over under receiving yards. And I think he's going to have a huge season yeah maybe be one of those guys that you're we're talking about late in the season like can he get 2,000 yards this year oh so you so, think you think that's his ceiling is 2,000 I mean I think that's the number right now that like receivers are chasing because of this 17th game you add it's a lot more achievable than it was on a 16 game schedule so yeah, yeah I, I think he's He's well, his, one of the guys that we'll be talking about that hits that number. Yeah, his counterpart, yeah, Justin Justin Jefferson, had, what, 1,800 last year. So, 
you know, if yeah. he sees Justin getting 1,800, he thinks he's very capable of doing the same thing. So I, I agree with you. His, his ceiling yeah. is 2,000 yards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 2021, he had 14.55 in 17 games. The only reason he didn't eclipse that number last year is because he only played 13 games. So I, out of anything, I'm, I, w- I would take that over. Um, I just think Chase is a stud. If he's out there, shouldn't it should be pretty easy? But again, um, a lot of these, a lot of these like big time Vegas guys, these sharps, they look at uh, overs as not attractive bets because last season he plays thirteen games, he that number goes under. Yeah. Um, that being said, he's my wide receiver one. I, I would take that if anything on this Bengals team. Now, Mike, let me ask you just a random question here. Um, you have the first pick in a PPR draft. Who's your first pick going to? Uh, it, does, it just depends on roster construction. Um, but are you talking like a standard, standard two running league. back, two wide receivers? Yeah. Two two running back, two receivers, one flex, so you can start three receivers? Correct. I don't know that I know that answer yet. I. I was just curious if you were confident if it was Chase, if he's your number one receiver, if you're going receiver – or if you're going Bijan. I mean, if you can start four, yeah, like if you can start four, it all depends on rest, roster, roster construction to me because, like, yeah, it's probably Chase. That being said, if it's, like, two running back and three wide receivers that you can start, then I would consider going Bijan 101. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that I've done enough mocks my brain right now is so best ball which i would always go receiver so yeah. i would go chase yeah i feel like you in, in the underdog best ball draft i've gone chase over jefferson yeah and then i've gone I, at this point that's where i stand is chase over jefferson okay i was just trying to gauge out um your your feelings on that just random question but um all right let's segue into the uh the ravens who we have at um, number two in the division finishing uh the ravens are interesting this year man I mean, how this is all going to shake out. I mean, we're, do you have any initial thoughts on the Ravens before we dive in? I have initial thoughts on a question that you just asked me. I want to hear your answer. Oh, one, my, on one, one on one underdog best ball. Who do you go right now? Um, one, one on one underdog best ball. I think I'm still going Justin Jefferson. Okay. So but, we're flipped on that. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, Anytime that you want to go Jamar Chase, I'm willing to willing to take yeah. that risk because they're both. It's a coin flip to me between those two, you know. And, and that's I, exactly how that's exactly how I would play it. I think we would just coin flip, like, or we wouldn't coin flip, but we would just switch off. Like, let's say we get one on one six times the rest of the season. I think we go three Chase, three three Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good you know way I mean? to do it. You kind of uh, expand your exposure a little bit. Um, yeah. so yeah, back into the Ravens, um, how, what's your, what's your gauge on the Ravens this going into this year? Um, how, how well do you think they're going to perform? I mean, I know we, we dove uh, already really into the well. rankings, but yeah, I think they're going to be awesome. Um, Munkin comes in, uh, everyone thinks that he's going to do really well there. Fast pace, throw the ball more, Zay flowers. You know how I feel about him. I've thought that just watching his film and like, seeing him play ball. It's just, you know how big of an eye test guy I am. I've been on Zay Flowers at a very, very 
early period before the draft, even, you know, as a prospect this entire year. But um, then I saw him get drafted to the Ravens and I was like unsure about how to feel. I just saw him at a few other places that I thought would have been awesome. The more that I think about it, the more I like his landing spot for him because of the type of receiver he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, I, I, I don't know what it is about his style Andrews's style and in Lamar Jackson's that I think it's going to fit so well. Um, and then you have JK Dobbins who I think is going to also have a huge year. So I'm really excited. It's, it's interesting. Like it's so hard for me not to take the Ravens, uh, as the first place team. Yeah. In quite honestly, before the season starts, I may get flipped on that. You have Rokon Johnson. You have Patrick Queen. Like, yeah, their defense, their defense is, is, is going to be really good too. So, um, yeah, it, it's hard for me not to say the Ravens are the first place team in this division. It's just so hard to go, you know, back to back to back like that. But yeah, we're, about, we're gonna find out. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that. yeah, I, I understand your hesitation on Zay Flowers when he went there. I mean, the 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 Ravens had the third fewest passing yards in the NFL last year. Like they just, they, over the last couple of seasons, they just haven't thrown the ball well. And a lot of people credit that to the poor uh, wide receiving room. That's why they drafted Zay and that's why they uh, paid Odell Beckham Jr. You know, how well he's going to do that, that still remains to be seen. But, you know, they still ended up going 10 and 7 last year. And Todd Munkin, I know people say he's a, a pass heavy guy, but I just want to put that in perspective. He is coming from the Georgia Bulldogs who won the national championship. The last two seasons, uh, in twenty eighteen, in twenty eighteen, Todd Munkin helped the Bucks set numerous club records when he was the offensive coordinator. Uh, they set records in total yards, passing yards, and passing touchdowns. So, I mean, if he was able to do that with the Buccaneers, who's to say he can't help improve just slightly the Ravens' passing offense? And I think if they do that, I mean, Lamar Lamar Jackson has number one quarterback upside. Like he could literally be the number one scoring quarterback by the end of the year. I feel like a thousand rushing yards is pretty, pretty set in stone for his projected uh, rushing total every year. And uh, I mean, he played 12 games over the last two years, but if he has a full season in him, you know, last year, I think he was on pace for 3,500 yards and 26 touchdowns. If he did that along with his thousand yard rushing season, you're, you're just talking about a top three kind of quarterback there. So, and I mean, well, if you, you think, Go ahead. If you think a thousand, if you think a thousand rushing is set in stone, you should take a look at his over total because uh, it's right now it's seven twenty five and a half uh, is where Vegas has that. So that's a lot of room if you want to go ahead and smash that over. Yeah, like, I I would feel comfortable like, smashing that over. I think they have that because he played twelve games in each of the last two years, two seasons. So you know. He hasn't. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that's there's opportunity there for overs. If you know, you mentioned earlier that a lot of times that number is surprisingly lower than you expect. Um, so if you have a you know 275 yard cushion, um, then that's probably something worth taking a look at. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll definitely be visiting that one when I'm looking to play some uh, future bets for the season. Um, something to keep in mind. Uh, but uh, J.K. Dobbins, the reason, one of the reasons why we're so high on J.K. Dobbins is this Ravens offensive line. They rank fourth in the league going into the season. 
they have a top five offensive line. Like that's that's just going to help J.K. Dobbins have an even better year. Um, it's very possible that J.K. Dobbins leads the league in touchdowns, rushing yards. Like he's capable of doing that thing. So um, I definitely, I am definitely pretty high on him this year. Um, let's see, where do we have uh, J.K. Dobbins? Um, where do you where are you comfortable drafting him? Uh, so he's my RB15. He's actually your RB15 as well. Um, I like Dobbins. I think he's going to have an awesome year if he stays healthy. And you know how I feel about, you know, drafting based on injury. Like I don't running backs. I don't really factor that in much because it can happen to anyone. Yeah. Um, I think this will be his best year as a Raven. I've always been thought he's like a pretty good talent and have been excited to see him finally be healthy and fed the ball like he can and will eventually support. So this is the year for Dobbins for me. I think his ceiling's high. Uh, I look at his rushing touchdown uh, over under at six and a half, and I think he's going to have double digits. So that's that's something I would take a look at. Um, So anyways, yeah, I, I mean as you're just talking about the Ravens having the fourth best offensive line, like where are the Browns offensive line? They've got to be right up there too. They're actually, um, uh, I, I, I'll give a little hint. They, they are number two, number two in the NFL. Yeah, so, so you, you as we're talking through this conference and why we're so excited for it, it's like, we've already talked about two of the best offenses. Now they have, you know, two of the best offensive lines when you throw the Browns in there. Um, I mean, what's not this to like, is going right? to be so fun. Yeah. yeah, there's just so much. Yeah, I think the real question when you're talking about the Vikings is is which wide receiver out of uh, Zay Flowers, Bateman, and OBJ Ra- to be drafted? Ravens. I think you just said Vikings. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, Ravens. Yeah, um, but when when we're talking about these Ravens wide receivers, the question is who to draft and where to draft them. Right now, Bateman average draft position is 48th wide receiver. Flowers is 46 and OBJ is 52. So they're kind of right in that range. And it seems as of late that people are jumping on this Flowers bandwagon now that Bateman kind of has this Liz Frank uh, Liz Frank injury he's working with. And OBJ is 30 years old, didn't play last year. I mean, what's left in his tank? We'll, we'll find out. But uh, I think we're, in, we're both in agreement that Zay Flowers is the wide receiver that you want to draft. Um, and drafting him as the wide receiver 46, there's going to be some value there. Um, you know, Mark Andrews is the number one target on the team, but Flowers should work in as the number two pretty quickly. Yeah, and if you're looking to get some exposure with him in like a best ball underdog format, I would go get him now because you're just going to hear a bunch of hype all off season, and his ADP is going to he, – he's one of these guys that – the off-season hype is going to be really big, and it's going to just drive that ADP uh, all season until you're getting ready for drafts. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, how about the Browns? I know we just mentioned uh, their prolific offensive line, how it ranks number two going into the season. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I personally have Nick Chubb so high. Um, I think Nick Chubb is going to be the number one scoring running back at the end of the season. I mean, uh, this Browns team is going to be really good. Um, they last year they had the fifth most rush attempts in the NFL. They like to run the ball, and they're going to continue to run the ball. 
Um, yeah. Um, so uh, you know I'm going to keep doing this to you anytime you do it. Mm-hmm. You said you Nick Chubb's going to be the number one scoring running back, like fantasy point scoring or like touchdowns. I, I'm I'm kind of still deciding there. I think he will end up with the most touchdowns. Um, he'll be. So when you say he's the highest scoring running back, you're saying touchdowns, not RB one in fantasy football. Yeah, that's what I was referring to right there. Is he's gonna he's gonna score the most touchdowns in the NFL. Okay. Highest okay. scoring running back, fantasy wise, I it's it's tough. I don't I don't know if he'll be the number one fantasy scoring running back, but I think he's going to lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns at the running back okay. position. I just want to clarify because you know I'm not letting you get by with calling him RB one when I know he's not your RB one in your rankings. Yeah, I, I'm just never going to let you do that. So. Yeah, that's fine. Clarify. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, we, we, as a little tidbit, we do have our, our redraft rankings uh, episodes will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we will yep. be diving in Excited. and really hashing out all those uh, too. So uh, you know, stay tuned for for those episodes coming. Yeah, but yeah, we're gonna figure out how we can post those too. Uh, we, I got to do a little bit of research there. We we need to have a live rankings for you so that I'm sure there's a way that we can go in and create a Google draft share it with you so that as we're you know mocking and changing up our rankings throughout the season you have a live version of that uh as you're working through drafts and that kind of thing so yeah absolutely and also wanted to take this time to mention um to all the roadies all the listeners out there if you have questions and you want to ask us stuff email us at the fantasy roadshow at gmail.com and um Tweet at us. Yeah, tweet at us. Uh, you know, fire off your questions. Uh, we're, we're willing to hear them and answer them and really get uh, get into depth with you guys. So <clears throat> um, so moving on with the Browns, uh, Jerome Ford is someone that we like late in drafts. Jerome Ford right now is being drafted as RB55, which is just criminally low, I think, with the way that the Browns have utilized two running backs in the, in the past five years. Uh, I think Ford's going to be pretty active, um, and he's just he's a value right now at RB fifty five. What do you think about that, Mike? Yeah, I mean, you know how I feel about Jerome Ford. I've said it on previous podcasts. He's probably my favorite late round flyer, one of my favorite late round flyers in in, in underdog best ball right now. I think, I mean, you kind of said it. Um, so this is his year to prove himself and solidify that role, and I think he definitely does. Um, so I'm on board with that. Watson, I think he takes a huge step forward. Uh, we've seen him be a QB five, top five QB, uh, in seasons when healthy with the Texans. And I just think he has a better offense than he's ever had. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if he gets to that top five ceiling this year or, uh, where he ends up falling, but I expect big things from the Browns again, they're a team that could win the conference. So. Um, I think Amari Cooper, who's a total ball hawk, I saw he tweaked something uh, earlier this week, but you know that makes you worry a little bit about his age and, and that wear and tear on his body. But uh, he's such a good wide receiver with such a good quarterback. I mean, you saw what Watson's done with Hopkins. So uh, I think I think Cooper has a huge year. He's probably got a top ten ceiling. Um, Elijah Moore is someone I think is going to take a massive step forward right now. Vegas has his 
Um, his totals at 45 and a half receptions and 575 and a half total yards. Um, I would look to take both of those overs. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, the, that's what I see when I, when I see the Browns. Yeah. Um, Cooper right now is being drafted as wide receiver 18. I think that's a value there. You know, if you don't get one of those elite wide receivers, like say if you go um, running back heavy in the first couple rounds, Having Amari Cooper as your wide receiver one, I'd be totally fine with, even though he's being drafted yep. as the 18th. Um, and, uh, I mean, Elijah Moore is a value right now. He's being drafted at wide receiver 50. Like, that's he should be in the 40s, um, you know, I think arguably in the 30s. So um, we'll see exactly how that plays out. But uh, And then Joakim uh, – I'm sorry, not Joakim. <laughs> in Joku, uh, David and Joku, yeah. Um, he's being drafted right now as tight end 10. So another guy to look at if you don't get one of those um, high-end early round tight ends, totally fine having a Joku on my team uh, in, later on in drafts. Yeah, I mean, I'll guaranteed I'll have one of those three guys we just mentioned, um, if not multiple. So I, I, when you, as you were talking through going running back heavy, I was just like my brain was going of like who – what two running backs would I ever go running back, running back start? And it would be Bijan in the first round. And then if Barkley fell to me in the second round, I'd go Bijan Barkley. And then Cooper would be my, my wide receiver one that I would add. And I would be yeah. super happy about that. Yeah. There's not too many wide receivers after Cooper, in my opinion, that you'd be fully comfortable having as your wide receiver one, but he's definitely like kind of the, uh, the tear break for me. So um, definitely keep an eye out for that if you do end up going running back early. Yeah, um, absolutely. All right, let's get into the Steelers, the Pittsburgh, the Schittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> Steelers. Um, yeah, so I another team I'm not going to have a lot of bad things to say about, honestly. Like, oh, I, I just think they're I just think they're a tier below. Um, I think they're a tier below the rest of the, as these other three teams, as I you know, mentioned in the intro. Um, but I think Pickett is their legitimate franchise quarterback who's going to take a huge step forward this year. I think Najee Harris and where he currently is being drafted is undervalued, whereas I've always kind of thought he was overvalued in the past. Um, Deontay Johnson, he is a great wide receiver that doesn't get enough credit george pickens to me is probably going to take the biggest step this year him and pickett have that um already established chemistry i think he's physically one of the most talented wide receivers in the league um and i think that he takes a huge step forward this year um i look at his touchdown total of four and a half and that's interesting um, but anyways, you know, Fryermuth is just your Heath Miller 2.0. Um, great piece on a successful offense. Again, will it be this year that they compete? Their win total says they're not too far off. Um, but I think it's probably one more year until they're like, we're talking about anyone can win this division. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, I think we're, we're, we definitely need to see a lot of strides from Pickett and this offense. Um, I've said it before. I've said it pretty exhaustingly. I'm not excited about Matt Canada's offense. Uh, you know, they didn't, I, in my opinion, they didn't do a lot to improve this offense. They're just hoping 
for the maturity level to rise with Pickett and Pickens and Fryermuth and these young guys that should be the the core of this offense. But um, yet, Najee Harris is being drafted at RB twelve, um, and you know, just like in what I was talking about before, if you go wide receiver heavy. In the first two rounds, a lot of our drafts, Mike, that we've been doing is we go wide receiver, wide receiver, and then we're able to grab Najee as our first running back. Um, totally uncomfortable having him as my number one running back on my teams this year. Um, and then the real question for me is Pickens and Johnson, right? Deontay Johnson is being drafted at wide receiver 34, and George Pickens is being drafted at wide receiver 36. So there's a lot of people that are going to be set with this option of who to draft. And I think we are both in agreement and from the Fantasy Roadshow, draft Pickens. Pickens has the higher upside. Uh, Johnson, Deontay Johnson had a statistical anomaly last year where he didn't score any touchdowns on like 80 receptions. Just doesn't ever happen. So you're going to see his receiving touchdowns go up. But we both think that Pickens is going to have – make the steps this year and solidify himself as the number one receiver on the team. And I think I just noticed that I, I pointed out to you, I was looking at the depth charts and previously it had Deontay Johnson as wide receiver one on the team. Now it has George Pickens as wide receiver one on the team. So I don't know if that's any indication of uh, what's to come, but uh, I think so. I do want to point out that you didn't always feel that way this Season. No, early early on this offseason, I was uh, I was definitely on the side of uh, Deontay Johnson Deontay. being drafted criminally low. And as this offseason has progressed, um, you know, be water, you know, stay fluid with uh, with what's going on in the changing environment. And um, I've I've swayed. Mike has helped me uh, sway my opinion and to go in the in the Pickens uh, draft order because it, I mean, it's just it. It's hard to argue with the facts that Pickens is just a more talented receiver. Like if you're betting on talent and opportunity, it, it just showed last year. You know, I think uh, what was the I think uh, Deontay Johnson had 81 more yards than Pickens last year. Like that's that's not much of a differential here when you're talking about Johnson being the number one receiver. So I just yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, here's what Vegas says. Vegas has Deontay Johnson at eight eight hundred and a half yards, Pickens at seven hundred and fifty and a half yards, um, and then Deontay Johnson. They have his reception total at eighty two and a half, and they have Pickens at fifty five and a half. So uh, it's definitely getting a lot closer uh, between the two of them, and I just think Pickens is a better talent he has more chemistry with Pickett, and they're going to grow together a lot so that's where my that's where that's where my uh where i where i stand on those two yeah i would i would even say that deontay johnson has the higher floor over pickens but pickens has the higher ceiling so if you're looking for a safer pick if you if early on in the draft if you, if you kind of swung for the fences and you took some very risky uh high ceiling picks and you want to get someone that's more safe, higher floor in that range, then Deontay Johnson is the pick there. But uh, if you want to swing for the fences like most fantasy teams want to do, George Pickens is the right move. Yeah, I mean, maybe. uh, I think it depends on your scoring format. Like Deontay Johnson's a safer, like 
just look at their reception totals there. There's a big disparity there. So like full point PPR, then yeah, I'd probably agree with your um, your higher floor, but I just think Pickens is way better and it's going to kind of be the alpha in that, in that wide receiver room this year. So I'm probably not ever drafting Deontay Johnson and you'll see Pickens on some of my teams. Yeah, I see what you're saying here. So um, be on the lookout for Deontay Johnson to make Mike's do not draft list. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, um, I think that about does it for our AFC North divisional breakdown here on the Fantasy Road Show. Uh, be on the lookout. Uh, we're breaking down every division moving forward. Um, we got a couple great episodes coming up this week. We're diving into uh, injury updates with uh, Doctor Jesse Morse. Is that right, Mike? Did I get the name right? That's right. All right. Well, um, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. And uh, did you want to add anything yeah. before we head out? Yeah, Dr. Jesse Morris with the Fantasy Doctors. Um, he, he'll be coming this week. We'll be doing our injury uh, injury recap, or I guess like, you know, landscape, I would call it injury landscape. Um, so we'll get some get some updates on some of those these important fantasy impact players from him. Uh, Going to be an outstanding episode. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I want to wrap up the AFC Divisional breakdown, I think, um, it's going to be one of the most exciting divisions. Bengals, Ravens, Browns will be duking it out um, pretty much all season for uh, you know first place and hold of that division. Um, I think you'll see. I also want to summarize guys that you'll be seeing on my teams that I draft uh, as we're mocking and as we're you know releasing Best Ball Fridays. I think you'll be seeing me with shares of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. J.K. Dobbins, maybe some Mark Andrews, definitely some Zay Flowers, uh, definitely some George Pickens and Najee, and then Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, maybe a little bit of Njoku in there. Um, so, you know, those are probably the players that I'm targeting in this division, and I uh, just wanted to leave you guys with that as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and uh, I'm right there with you. I'll, I think uh, a lot of our a lot of our drafts are looking very similar these days. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with every one of those players you mentioned. And this is going to be a great division to watch for. So, um, definitely keep a keep a close eye to this one. But uh, after all that's said and done, everybody knows what to do. Buckle up.